Hey everybody, welcome back to Salted Hash. I'm your host Steve Reagan and today we're going to be talking about smart city, security vulnerabilities, and other things you may take for granted. We'll be right back. Welcome back. As I said, we're going to be talking about smart cities. It's a concept that some of you are familiar with, and some of you, this may be a, a new thing. I am joined by IBM X-Force Red's Charles Henderson, and we're going to talk about the technologies that drive smart cities. And here recently, your group did some research, and you found several zero-day vulnerabilities in uh, multiple vendors. Some of them were including like default credentials, authentication bypass, even SQL injection in some cases. And once you dug a little deeper into this, you, you were able to develop some exploits to, to real world test these problems. And using basic things like Shodan, you were able to find hundreds, sometimes thousands of practical devices. So give me a little background on the research and uh, what you first thought after you discovered all this. Well, you know, whether you're uh, doing research on an, uh, on an industrial IoT device or a, uh, a consumer uh, IoT Internet of Things device, um, really the vulnerabilities are not all that different. It's, it's, it's not as if there are smart city vulnerabilities. And at its core, um, the, the researchers, Dan, Jen, and Morrow, were focusing on extending some of the lessons we've learned elsewhere in security to the smart cities. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because you see, you see that, that trust breakdown, that mm -hmm. uh, IoT, it, it, it's like it's a chain of trust from, from that sensor that might be detecting radiation or a flood and giving information to other smart city technology so that that smart city technology can um, make a decision. Say a dam might release water or not mm -hmm. release water. A uh, radiation detector might send an alert to citizens. The, the expectation of the makers of that damn device, that, that, that radiation detection device, is that the information they're getting on is valid and can be counted on. Um, and if you break that trust, you, the whole system goes down. So my question is, I mean, understanding that technology has vulnerabilities and sometimes code's gonna break. And, and mm -hmm. sometimes people will be careless or even negligent. I mean, when it came to the, this technology, why were these flaws introduced? It's been a few years now since IoT has been like a mainstream fixture for a lot of, of security ass elements. So how did stuff like this get mixed? Uh, for example, the uh, nuclear alarm, for example, mm -hmm. give off a radiation warning. Why is that, that type of device not hardened to make sure that all of the information is accurate? So, uh, you know, when you're thinking of developing an IoT system, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not like the, the, the nuclear alarm was in the same room as they were developing the sensor and everything. Really, a lot of these cities, in effect, are, are, are integrators of technology. You know, they're doing the integration themselves. They're taking all these parts and they're building an IoT chain, that, that same IoT chain we just discussed. And when they are doing it, they're, the cities are not testing in a holistic manner. So they're, they're assuming security is just baked in, and because the parts have security baked in, that the whole will be secure. And, and the answer is, frankly, that when the cities are purchasing this IoT equipment, 
they need to budget for more than the IoT equipment. Yeah. They need to budget for maintenance. They need to budget for security. They need to budget for all these things. And most importantly, security testing. One initial rollout and a continuing program of testing for these smart cities. And, and until that happens, you're going to see things like this pop up. So when it came to the feedback from the, the three vendors, and we'll, we'll get into that here in a minute, what was their initial reaction when you brought your findings to them? They were, it was actually very positive. I, and, you know, this is, this, any vulnerability should be seen, if, if it's responsibly disclosed and patched, that's a win for security. And I think that gets lost a lot. Um, this was a good day for security because we announced patches to vulnerabilities and we've seen no evidence of them being exploited in the wild. I mean, the alternative is you find out about a vulnerability from a forensics report or yeah, a crime because report. Something bad's <laughs> already happened. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the alternative is just so staggeringly bad that this should be, we should be, you know, uh, really celebrating this as a victory. And, 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 you know, I think more and more you're seeing manufacturers understanding this and saying, hey, let's get this taken care of, let's get it patched, let's get the patch rollout, let's, let's uh, announce it. Um, and, and, and I, I think that that's a really positive move for security in general. Excellent. Charles, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. It was really a real pleasure. Stick around. We're going to go into a little more technical detail on some of these vulnerabilities in IBM's findings. So I'll be right back. Welcome back. Like I said, I wanted to go into a little more technical detail. And to do that, I've brought on Daniel Crowley, who is the research baron for IBM's X-Force Red. And one of the... Uh, one of the main people behind this particular research. So let's start with uh, some some basic questions here. Tell me, tell me when when it was that this came to your attention, and what actually made you want to research smart city technology. Well, a couple of years ago, I did a research project with. Uh, it actually involved one of the researchers on this project as well, um, on smart home technology, mm -hmm. and we found a bunch of bugs there, and uh, the. Future work section of that, we talked about. Well, what's next? What's what? What is the next work that can be done here? And one of the things we talked about was smart cities. It seemed like a natural extension of smart home technology. Um, and we had this vision of smart city technology that didn't really match with reality. And when we started to do the research, um, we it was because we realized that, you know, instead of this retrofuturistic fantasy where uh, window panes double as informational touch screens, uh, the reality was much more mundane and it was already here. This was not a future thing, this was a present. Mm -hmm. And when we started to realize that, we decided, well, let's, let's take a crack at it. Let's see what we can find. So once you started digging into it, um, the report you issued today, who were the three vendors you looked at? Uh, Echelon Corporation, mm -hmm. uh, Battelle, and Libellium. Okay. So when you were looking at those, one of, them, one of them, I can't remember which vendor it was that stood out to me, but they had SQL injection issues with mm -hmm. their, their things. So when you were researching, you found it was authentication bypasses, default credentials, SQL injection. That's right. What were your initial thoughts when you were finding this? Was this expected or was this completely out of left field? I suppose I could best sum it up as disappointed but not surprised. Okay, that makes sense. So when you, when, when you reached out and got a hold of the vendors, what was, I mean, Charles said earlier that they were very cooperative and, and they, were. they were easy to work with. So was their re initial reaction like, oh God, what just happened? We, we're, we're busted? Or were they like, hey, wow, that, that sucks, thank you, and went from there? How was it? 
I, the disclosure process went much better than I'm used to. I've done a lot of bug disclosure and normally, you know, when you're working with multiple vendors, one of them is like making veiled legal threats and things like that. We didn't really get that. Absolutely. You know, we, we reached out to them, they responded in a timely manner, uh, they uh, understood the gravity of what we were talking to them about, they issued patches within a, a, a week to three weeks or so. Um, all of these issues are patched, um, and you know, so it, 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 the disclosure process went very well. We were Excellent. very pleased. You, you preempted my other two questions, which is just amazing. <laughs> I like that. So, when it came time to build the presentation and get it up on stage, yeah. there were a number of areas you could have looked at. And right. having seen the talk notes and actually the the report of the the talk itself. I, I, I noticed you didn't go with the FUD, but you really did want to do like a wake up and, and pay attention type atmosphere in the talk. How hard was it to pick what elements to discuss when it came to the risks and potential fallout for? Yeah, so we, we're, we're trying very hard to make sure that this is as little FUD as possible. And mm -hmm. we already have people calling us out on Twitter for FUD, but that's neither here nor there. You know, we're trying to, to present as, as much of a, uh, a, a cut-and-dry technical approach to this as we can. And we'll talk a little bit about implications. We've said in every single interview, uh, every single time we, we mention this, that this depends highly on how these devices are deployed. And we yeah. do have limited visibility into that. We yeah. can look at things like uh, customer case studies from manufacturers' websites. But ultimately, what this comes down to is how these things are deployed. Um, we found that we can, in every case, either use the device as if we were a legitimate administrator due to authentication bypass or code execution bugs, which leads to anything you want. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, we have the level of code execution where we can literally make it do anything, anything that's possible with the physical device that we have just compromised. So when you take that and put it in the context of something that has some amount of control over traffic or some amount of control over industrial control systems or some amount of control over sensors that are detecting things like radiation levels and uh, you know, uh, uh, water levels to, pre to prevent flooding. And these are, there's published case studies that show that people are using it for these mm -hmm. things. And depending on how they've set them up, if they're relying entirely on these vulnerable devices, well, you know, that's a problem. Trying to avoid FUD, but I, I think it's not uh, unreasonable to say that, yeah, if you're relying this upon this for safety, and this is the only thing that you're relying on, and we can subvert it, well, there is a safety consequence. Yeah. So then, now that you've done your talk and everything has come out in the public, What's next? Where are you going after this? Are you going to continue with smart city research, or are you looking at something different? That's hard to say. Um, I am fascinated by all sorts of technology, but I think I might continue to, to look at smart city technology. I'm particularly interested in intelligent transportation systems, and that seems to be a thing that is really, really, I mean, smart city technology in general is being very actively developed and deployed across the world. But intelligent transportation systems was, it seems to be, from our research, the thing that is, you know, adopted the most, adopted the earliest. Um, 
And it's also, there's just a lot of really interesting developments, a lot of cool stuff happening there. And I think I'd like to continue pursuing that. Excellent. Dan, thanks for hanging out with us. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Steve. If you'd like to learn more about smart city technology, don't forget to check out our video series on that that my producer Chris uh, helped with, and it was an amazing project on that end. And of course, keeping up with smart city tech, IBM, and everything else, stay tuned to Salted Hash and of course, CSOonline.com. I'm your host, Steve Reagan. I'll see you soon.